Father, we receive illumination by your spirit. We ask for you to teach us. We do not desire to discuss the ideas of any man or the opinions of any denomination, but we want your will to be established in our hearts. Thank you, gracious Father, for in Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen and amen. Glory to God. All right, our assignments this evening, as you know, over the past few months on our prayer series, we will dedicate the first three weeks to learning the principles from God's word. And then we dedicate the fourth Wednesday to taking questions. Fortunately, in the month of March, we have two Wednesdays. Pardon me. We have two extras, I mean. So, total of five Wednesdays. So, we, we, we begin the FAQs today. We continue with an independent topic by God's grace next week, Wednesday, if Jesus tarries, where we will be answering questions on priesthood. Very, very, very important, very instructive. Please, I want you to build expectation in your heart leading into next week, Wednesday's teaching. However, this evening, we have two main questions to answer. The first question is about praying in the spirit slash praying in tongues slash praying in the Holy Ghost slash praying in the language of the spirit. Is it important for me? Must I pray in the language of the Spirit? Do we all have to speak in tongues? Is it just for Pentecostals? Uh, I, I grew up in a Catholic family, all right? All my family's background is, is Adventist. Um, so based on our denomination, we have, of course, we are born again. We are going to heaven, of course. We've been saved, redeemed by the blood, of course, all right? The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are sons, daughters of God, of course. However, this tongues thing, is it, is it necessary? Is it important? All right, we're going to look at answers from the Word of God. And the second, by God's grace question, we will attempt, no, we will attempt, we will answer by His Spirit. This evening is on demonic possession, all right? It's not a teaching on demonology, all right? You won't leave this evening feeling like you know better. <laughs> you already have the authority to cast them out. That's what you need. That's what your authority in Christ makes provision for. All right, but we should not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. I am not, I'm not, and scripture doesn't encourage us to go deep dive into understanding the kingdom of darkness. And, and you find many believers who have not studied their Bibles, who have not read God's word. There is a curiosity. Oh, this man was level, I don't know the levels, <laughs> level 50 in the kingdom of darkness. Now, let me go and listen to his testimony. His testimony is not scripture. I would rather base my life on what scripture says than somebody who was a level 50 or a level 1 million. However, scripture teaches us not to be ignorant of the devices of the enemy, not to be vast in the workings of demons. Two completely different conversations there. So I'm trusting the Lord to help us this evening by his spirit to tackle these two questions that by the time we are done, you will have scriptural confidence in what the, the will of God is concerning these topic areas. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I need you to settle down. I need you to open your heart. Tell yourself, I am going to receive God's word. All right, don't assume that you know what our answers will be. PD will say, I must speak in tongues. So I know. So let me just switch. Boom. <laughs> Listen to something else. All right, as you know, we don't push agenda in this place. We push scripture. We push scripture. Praying in the spirit. 
praying in the Spirit. I want us to listen very carefully to what the Spirit of God is saying to us this evening. This is not about semantics. It's not about grammar. It's not about linguistic nuances, all right? Pardon my big words. The summary is that this is about a tangible experience that is made available for the believer in Christ. So rich, so necessary, so important that Jesus, at the tail end of his ministry, arrived at a point where he said, now there is an advantage that you have, that it is to your good that I should live in this version. All right, I am living in this, in this expression so that I ca the Father can send another. All right, that another is the gift of the Spirit that we have received. I won't go to Scripture. Everyone who received that gift of the Spirit, follow me and I will, I will, I will clarify with utmost diligence the carefulness of the words we are using so that you do not miss out on God's will for you either by listening to lies outside or by misinterpreting the truth of the scriptures. Praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Let's, let's begin with, with our theme text all over this series has always been Luke 18 verse 1. I am sure it's engraved in your heart now so it won't be on your screen. It says, And he, Jesus, spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So men, women, boys, girls, young, old, deacons, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, we ought always to pray and not to faint and not to faint. However, this dimension of praying in the spirit, especially praying in tongues, do they mean exactly the same thing? And must I do it? Someone is saying, I've tried. It's just not, all right, so let's go to God's word. Proverbs, you'll be shocked where we'll begin from. We'll begin from the old covenant, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 5. First thing I want us to settle is the nature of the spirit of God. And we've had, we've had a long, I think maybe, maybe School of the Spirit was about seven parts or eight parts, I'm not sure, teaching on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Part of what we talked about was the character of the Spirit of God. Now, many people based on their experience with demons would expect the Spirit of, the, of God to act in a similar way. The Spirit of God leads us. The Spirit of God guides us. The Spirit of God instructs us. The Spirit of God leads, beads, nudges us. The Spirit of God does not make anyone do anything. What that means is that as far as your relationship with the Holy Spirit is concerned, it will require your collaboration, it will require your obedience, and it will require your participation. The Spirit of God will not throw you up and throw you down. A demon can do that. Can the Spirit of God throw you up? Yes. But the Spirit of God won't make... The Spirit of God will lead you. All right? It, it's the same way it works with praying in the Spirit. Therefore, knowing this character of the Spirit, we can say that praying in the Spirit... Listen, please. Follow me. Praying in the Spirit is communicating supernatural realities, communicating with God, exhibiting authority, doing intercession by the leading of the Spirit. By the leading of the Spirit. Means that you can pray in your flesh 
and you can pray by the leading of the Spirit. That means the Spirit of the Lord there who has searched the heart. The Spirit of God there that knows the will of the Father. Because everyone is guaranteed to answer prayers in accordance with the will of the Father. Not necessarily in accordance with what you want. However, you begin to demonstrate on common levels of results when you've sorted what you want with what you want. Glory to God, such that you spend time in His presence and there is an alignment of wheels. Such that I, I said this, it was, its, it was His will, it happened there. The Spirit of God is committed to enforcing God's will. And when He finds partners in the earth that are aligned with the will of the Father, then you can be said to be praying in the Spirit, under the leading of the Spirit. So praying in the spirit and every other thing we do as believers in the spirit has been has to be what is led, instructed, and then we obey. We obey. So the spirit of God says, you know what? For the next three days, I just want you to dance. I don't want any petitions. I say, yes, Lord. Now, your obedience to that instruction means you are praying in the spirit. However, if you insist, no, no, <laughs> this um, board meeting is in three days. Spirit of God is like, you don't know there's board meeting. We need fire. We need fire for the next three days. And you are sure this is the Spirit of God leading you. All right, it says, worship me for the next three days. Now, no matter how much tongues you speak, you're already praying in disobedience. You've stepped out of the will of God and you won't see results. So praying in the Spirit is yielding by obedience to the nudges and the inklings of the Spirit of God part time. Okay, we're building, we're building, we're building. You know, Paul, the apostle, is saying there is a better way to ensure that this is not my will. There is a, there is a, there is a, there is a solid way to ensure that my flesh has no role to play in this. Now that's because you've gotten to a level of consecration where your own will, your pattern, your expectations are already dead. When you get to that level, you don't rate your understanding or your, you, you rate his will 100% such that you can yield your time of prayer completely to praying in the language of the Spirit. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 4. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 4. I want to show something here that you cannot separate this dimension of the move of the spirit away from the activity of the tongue. Because the tongue there is a mystery of how life functions, how we create. For we know by faith that the walls were framed. That Let's come to Proverbs chapter 15 verse 4. It says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. A wholesome, a trained tongue, a yielded tongue is a tree of life. It says, but perverseness <laughs> therein is a breach in the spirit. This is Solomon instructing us that this conversation of moving in the spirit, in fact, one of the measures of maturity in the spirit is the use of your tongue, the use of your words. He's saying that you cannot disconnect the role the tongue plays with a man of the spirit. A man of the spirit has a wholesome tongue. A woman of the spirit has a wholesome tongue. And a man who or a woman yielded fully understands that at some point I yield my communication over. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 1. 
This is a very popular story in Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones. But let's see how Ezekiel 37 verse 1 begins. Remember what we said? The Spirit of the Lord will lead you. The Spirit of the Lord will carry you. The Spirit of the Lord will instruct you. The Spirit of the Lord will guide you. You, in obedience, we yield. All right? It's that partnership there that produces results. He says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. That is because, and we see exactly how this communication continued. There were questions there. There were leadings there by the Spirit of God. And we know how the story ends. There was a miraculous resurrection power flowing there. That dead bones came back to life. All right. That is, that is very clear there. So let's go exactly to this. We've said praying in the Spirit is yielding to the will of the Spirit part time. Yielding to the will of the Spirit part time. Praying in the language of the Spirit specifically means praying in tongues. I will say that again. Praying in the Spirit is ensuring that your prayer, whether it's supplication, whether it's thanksgiving, whether it's worship, whether it's intercession, whether it's victorious warfare, whether it is petition or supplication, it is as led and as instructed. It, it's, it's as though you have a control tower and you have people with 100% visibility. You are flying the plane there and you're calling the central tower. You're saying, I'm, I'm reporting low visibility and they are saying, well, you have no problem with your visibility. Anyways, praise God. Praise God. When I was a lot younger, a lot younger, I was having a conversation with some friends and we we're talking about traveling, whether daytime or nighttime in the city I was born in, all right? So not here where you can travel anytime. I know it's safe. And someone said, oh, if it's, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this practically. Someone says, if it's bus travel, if it's road travel, I'll rather travel during the day. He says, but if it's flight, I can travel at night. I remember one of my friends said, ah, even if it's light, I would only like to travel during the day. So I looked at him <laughs> and I said, if you see, <laughs> if you see a barricade in the air, hmm, whether it's daytime or it's nighttime, you are 30,000 feet above sea level. What do you want to do? You want to open the door? And I'm going to remove it for the pilots and come back in. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. But, but scripture is instructing us here that there is a control tower that has at all times 100% visibility. Now, I might look like I'm the one flying this plane, but who is really flying the plane? It's the instructions I'm receiving from the control tower. And it says latitude 30 degrees northwest. Now, it might look foggy, but there's someone else who sees beyond the fog. That is what we do when we yield to the leading of the Spirit. However, Scripture teaches us that the part of the advantages that we have by being filled within, with the Spirit within us, is that we, we do not leave the propensity of our tongues to chance. That there is a yieldedness that comes as an advantage of being filled. Do you remember, Jesus said, it is to your advantage that I should live. Now that he's gone and we've had the Spirit, Scripture teaches us that every time, every place, in every instance where there was an infilling of the Spirit in the midst of believers, there was a physical sign that followed it. They spoke in other tongues. So we've left praying in the Spirit to praying in the language of the Spirit. Now, let me just say this. I can sense someone pushing back. 
pushing back. When you got born again, ideally, it's not a church you joined. It's not even a religion you signed up for. Maybe you used to be whatever you used to be, and now you're not a Christian, so we, when you fill forms and you get to religion, whatever you feel before, you now feel Christianity. I get that, but really and truly, what's happened to you is not that you joined a sect or you joined a religion. What's happened to you is that you've become a new citizen in a new kingdom. Governments of this world know enough that being able to communicate in the language of this kingdom or in this society is directly proportional to the level of success you will achieve. We do it here in the nation of Canada. Before we, we, we I, I can say we now, glory to God. Before we bring in skilled people into the country, no matter how much skill you have, we also want to be sure you can communicate. We have to be sure your tongue has learned the languages of the land. Such that when we become citizens of this new kingdom, there is a language requirement. However, this time it's not IELTS. IELTS. It's not you going to some language school. It says the spirit of God can give you utterance. And then you can speak the language of this kingdom. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Romans chapter 8. Let's begin to bring it home now. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Romans chapter 8. Glory, glory to God. Wow. Romans 8 from verse 26. It says, likewise, the spirit. Listen there. There are two spirits that are used here. And please, I will encourage you. We have a long, solid teaching on the school of the spirit it's on youtube it's everywhere you will find it it will bless you there is a spirit in caps there's a spirit in non-caps recognizing the interplay between the spirit of the most high god and the human spirit there he says likewise the spirit also helps our infirmities now do not read infirmity as disease or sickness the best word you can replace infirmities there with it, it means limitations it means limitations it means your android phone cannot run ios Okay, okay. All right. So that's 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 a limitation. It's 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 within its scope of possibilities. It's saying that as far as sin results in the realm of the spirit and enforcing the kingdom of God on the earth, it says we have limitations. There are certain operating systems that this OS cannot run. It says for that reason we do not know. Listen, follow please. We know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, that, that statement bundles in two major limitations. One limitation is a knowledge limitation. The second, please follow me, the second limitation is a logistics limitation. The knowledge limitation means that in the will of the Father, in the Kairos arrangement, in the Spirit, there is an outpouring that, releases you, that, that requires you to release praise. Now, under the leading of the Spirit, that is not the morning you wake up and you, are, and you are doing something else. That is the morning you should be able to sense that there is, there is an incense going up because there is a release about to happen. Oh, that, in, that insight can only come by the Spirit. Look, look at us now. Look at us. Look at what we've been learning for the past weeks. And you're looking at your time. When do I do Thanksgiving? When do I do intercession? I need to pray for PD. I need to pray for the church. I need to pray for my department. I pray for the president. Or I pray for the prime minister. I pray for the educational system. I pray for my kids. I pray for my spouse. I pray for my parents. I've got siblings. I am wondering, you can see the logistic dimension there. It says we don't even know as we ought. That means what is carrying you is not your one hour prayer. 
there is a mystery of the Spirit that makes intercessions for us. Glory to God. It says, but the Spirit makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 27. It says, he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. According to the will of God. Now, based on this knowledge, based on this understanding, based on this alignment with the Spirit, it says, and we know. It's amazing. People just jump to 28. We know all things work together, not for everybody, but to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose, the, the, the ones who understand their logistic and knowledge gap limitations and say, I can't do this by myself. I will pray by the Spirit. I will pray in the Spirit. And I will allow the Spirit of the Lord to, to find a ready, available vessel. In this vessel. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Alright. So scripturally speaking, every time, every time there was an infilling of the Spirit of God, there was a proof there as a token and that token is the only verified proof in the new covenant of, of an infilling of the Spirit. The only verified one. We see other things that the Spirit of God produces in the believer. Others that the Spirit of the Lord produces in the life of the believer. The ministry of the Spirit in the life of the believer. A number of them. But as a, as, as a standing proof that this vessel is filled, is that their tongue is owned and yielded yielded and they have received the ability to speak in strange tongues powered by utterance given by the spirit of god acts chapter 2 verse 4 acts chapter 2 verse 4 acts chapter 2 verse 4 the bible tells us about the fulfillment of the prophecy which had come through the prophet Joel and indeed multiple prophets about a time where <laughs> these people will receive an ability mysteriously to finally please God. Boy, oh boy. Please do not miss Easter service. Please do not. That we will dig deep into some of the realities of your redemption. So Jesus says it is good. Let me live. You guys, you, you, you I was here just for trying. You think you've seen anything? It says there's another come. It's to your advantage. Now, when he came as the rule of the first, this is what happened. Verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with all the tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Somebody say all the tongues. Somebody say all the tongues. Now, let us settle this. Speaking in tongues is not one of the gifts of the Spirit. Let me say that one more time and we'll come to it shortly. Speaking in tongues is not... Okay, let's put it properly. Speaking with other tongues is not one of the gifts of the Spirit. Because if it is, I, I will get there to we'll get to First Corinthians chapter 14 shortly. And we'll read First Corinthians chapter 12 too. 
Because we know in according to what Paul wrote in First Corinthians chapter, and I need you to remember, Paul was not in this upper room. He wasn't there. And we are coming to Paul. But Paul wasn't here. He wasn't in this upper room experience. In fact, at the time this was happening, his life goal was that if he had a gun, the, the same people in this upper room would have shot all of them. That was where Paul, Saul was at the time, at this time frame. All right? But we have insight into full scriptures. And we know that the same Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 says that the Spirit of God gives these administrations and giftings, all right, as he wills, all right, for the edifying of the body. So to some, to some, to some, to some. So if these giftings are given to some, and Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says, and they were all, it means that this is not that. This one is for all. That is gifting specifically. I hope you are still with me this evening. All right. I, I, I saw a documentary that broke my heart very deeply. Someone who was close to, by virtue of blood, to a man that carries an unusual grace and anointing in this generation. And he got to a point where he said, I've been going on numerous crusades. I've seen healings happen. I'm not doubting that those healings are false. He says, but this Holy Spirit thing, I just don't get it. He said in his words, I've been trying to speak in tongues. It just doesn't work. He said, until I found it in scripture and I was free at last, I saw that do all speak in tongues, do all heal. And my heart broke. Say, so you've just been you've just been scammed you've been scammed because he says all were filled speaking in other tongues is is part of your inheritance as a believer but remember the holy spirit won't force you he will give you utterance that means he will put the words in you you will speak the words please this is, not, this is not a clash of denominations. This is not an invitation for you to be Pentecostal. This is an invitation to you for you to live your life by the truth of God's word. That there is a language that you can speak. Now, if you are not speaking, it doesn't mean the Spirit of God is not giving you utterance. It just means you've elevated your doctrinal belief above God's word. It's giving you utterance. You are pushing it back. I don't want to sound like a fool. I don't want to sound like those jokers. I'm too smart for this. And the Spirit of God is saying... Acts chapter 2 verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And as proof of being filled, they began to speak with all the tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Glory to God. Acts, let's move, let's move now. Acts chapter 10. Let's read from verse 44. Acts chapter 10 from verse 44. Now, this is the story of the apostle Peter who had been invited to a Gentile congregation reluctantly he needed a vision he needed angelic instruction to say go i'm sure i'm sure even on the road what am i what am i even coming to do here these guys don't they don't look serious they don't look christian enough but he got there acts chapter 10 is the visit of peter to the house of cornelius i'm sure when cornelius started his introduction and he said oh i was praying and i was fasting I'm sure Peter just had this look. Oh, Gentile? Eden. Eden. So I was praying and fasting. And I saw a vision. Hmm. Gentile? Those were not the proofs for Peter. The real proof that there is something that has God's seal on it going on here was the Holy Ghost. That was the real seal. That was the real... And I'm, I'm, I've come to announce to you, the real seal 
is the, the, the manifestation of the Spirit of God, not dramatics and theatrics. Verse 44 says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. They of the circumcision, that means the Jews. As many came with Peter, because on the Gentiles also, somebody say also, was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, the Holy Ghost is the gift poured out, but what it produces in you is your inheritance. It still gives gifts. He is a gift. It says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. They heard them. They heard them. So, scripturally, we've seen from Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God came and they were filled, they spoke in tongues. Acts chapter 10, this is not even within a Jewish community. This is to a Gentile audience, all right? They saw, demonstrated that the Spirit of God also came upon them, and then they were also filled. It says they heard them speak with other tongues. They heard them speak with tongues. Glory to God. Glory to God. Acts chapter 15, there was a meeting. Acts chapter 15, the gospel was spreading. Remember, Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, after having a 40-day conference with them, he said he was training them on matters concerning the kingdom of God. It was day in, morning session, afternoon session, evening session of serious, serious loading up with truths, essentials about the kingdom. And in verse 7, someone said, but this kingdom you are speaking of, when will the time be? I mean, look at this Roman oppression. And Jesus is saying, don't get it twisted. We are not talking of a physical earthly kingdom. We are talking about the enthronement of the kingdom of the Father here, represented that domain reproduced by his principles by that culture by that language in this place it says in verse 8 and you will receive power after that the holy ghost has come upon you that power will give you the courage the confidence the effrontery the authority to be witnesses you'll be my witness in jerusalem yes in judea yes also in samaria so the master told them it will stop here it will spread but by the time it was spreading some people gathered together and said, we didn't know it would spread like this. <laughs> we didn't know it would spread like this. Do you, know, do, do you know how many years of discipline I have not eaten anything apart from kosher? Do you know how many years of, of, of discipline? Do you know what it's cost me to be a Jew? Do you know the feasts and the requirements of the law? But I found Jesus. I received grace. I understand that. But you mean those guys too? Just like that? They received justification by faith, just like that. Peter said yes. Paul said yes. There was an argument. So let's go to scripture now. Acts 15. I'll read just two verses. Verse 7. It says, And when there had been much disputing, you know, I, I love the way King James makes things sound nice. It's, the truth is, after much argument, <laughs> it says, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago, God made choice amongst us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God which knoweth the hearts, please listen. God which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost even as he did unto us. He's saying the real deal is not your Jewish status. The real deal is not your circumcision status. The real deal is not your dietary uptake. The real deal is not your denomination. The real deal is the Holy Ghost here and the proof, the way we knew that he has come is that he took over our tongues. 
He took over our tongues. He gave us utterance. We were sounding like madmen. We were sounding like drunk men. In fact, in Acts 2, they thought this was wine. It just didn't make sense based on the timing. Couldn't have been. It was something more powerful than wine. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. Remember I said to you that Paul wasn't there at the upper room. He wasn't there. But he had his moment. He had his experience. He was on the way to Damascus. He saw a shining light. And the light shined bright. And he heard a voice. Boom! Saul, Saul. You know, we just believe that Jesus speaks. All the movies to me, that it's all Saul. So he spoke like a normal. <laughs> Saul. Saul. Why are you persecuting me? He said, why are you Lord? He said, I am Jesus. What an encounter. But, but follow, please. Follow. We're going somewhere with this. Remember, our duty is to, be, is to use scripture to give you the confidence. All right? To know that this is the truth of God's word. It doesn't matter how it's been painted over, over the years by churches and meetings and conferences and council meetings. You remember those council meetings didn't just start. We saw it in Acts 15. And how they allowed the, the experience of the Spirit and the balance of Scripture to form their decision. Because James in that same Acts 15 will now speak and leverage on Scripture. But in Acts chapter 9, I want, to, I want us to read something. Many of us know the story of Saul. We know the story of his encounter. We know the story of how he lost his sight. We know the story of how he was sent. And how one was sent to him. Many of us, if, we were having, if you were in the room and I was doing a quiz, and I asked you, what was Ananias' assignment to Saul? We will say to open his eyes, right? But let me show you. Let me show you something here. And this is instructive. This is an art that needs to come back. And by come back, I do not mean come back literally. I mean we need to reemphasize it in the church. It says, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. He had been given specific ways to locate. It's like geolocation tags. And putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, listen. Now, this is Jesus sending Ananias to Saul. Brother Saul, the Lord, please pay attention here. Even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou mightest receive your sight. Number one. Number two, as a matter of urgency, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Ah. So this was it. He wasn't there in the upper room, but there was one sense to him. And then I said, yeah, I'm here reluctantly. We know your fame. We know your reputation. But I sense that you had an encounter because Jesus appeared to me. I know you are born again now and you don't have your physical eyes. Those eyes, chill, you will see. He said, but in addition to that sight, there is another endowment of his spirit. You will. And then I was saying, you'll be filled. I'm sure. So I was saying, what's that? What's that? He said, don't worry. It's about to happen. Believe believe and as proof you will begin to speak in another language as proof you will begin to speak in another language you know my duty and this is why i know that it is very possible my one of my roles on campus when i served in the campus fellowship my job my duty my 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 core commitment and i've seen this happen i have friends today that that was the beginning of our relationship this was my role if you are a first timer in the fellowship, we met Thursday evenings. The fellowship is still very much alive and well. Christian Fellowship Group, Lagos University Teaching Hospital, College of Medicine. All right. Thursday evenings, my duty, my job after service is to discuss with all the first timers. 
You cannot leave that all unless you are born again and you are filled with the Spirit by the evidence of speaking in tongues. And we saw it happen week in, week out. Why? Because that's what's going on here. It happened to Peter in the house of Cornelius. It happened to the apostles in the upper room. It happened to Paul in a room, not a service with Ananias, one man. God has sent a miracle of blind eye seeing in one room, not at a crusade. Receiving there the Holy Spirit in one room, not at a crusade. And those days are here. I said those days are here. That people will not, they will come in as skeptics and cynics and they will live filled with the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus. So this was Paul's foundation. Ah, he said, this is so critical for life in the spirit. I can't keep my tongue. <coughs> I can't keep my tongue. James gives us insight as to why. I can't keep my tongue and walk maximally with the spirit. If I'm going to yield my life, remember, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. If indeed the spirit will gain expression through me, I, I better be speaking more of his language, which gave Paul the audacity, the audacity to write to a church in a city, not a branch, and tell all of them, combined together, I speak, not I pray in the spirit, so that I don't get it twisted, because that was the topic. I speak in tongues more than Glory to God. I said glory to God. Are we still together this evening? I hope this is not getting too muddled up. It's not complicated. It's simple. You get born again. You get filled with the Spirit. Speak in tongues. And you begin to journey. Journey into realms of glory. You have a disciple. You are discipled properly. You begin to find who you are. Remember, it's citizenship. Citizenship. You have to know about. You have to know. If you want to. There's something called a citizenship test. You have to know. How many provinces? What are the certain landmarks? The dates? What are the, what are the rights and responsibilities? You go to scripture. You have been discipled there. And you have the language requirement. That by his spirit, I've been given utterance. I've been given utterance and I have the ability to speak. I saw something on social media a couple of, maybe months or years back now. Which is why we need to invest more in teaching the truth of God's word. Rather than forcing people to accept the truth. I think it was a Christian university that, is, that had some requirements. You must go to church. You must go to fellowship. You must graduate from. So in one of the programs for the students, you have to graduate from a school of something. Maybe let's, let's just call it school of ministry. And before they sign off your certificate, you have to be filled with the Spirit of God and speak in tongues. And the person who shared this on social media, apparently you know that that is not the language of someone who is born again. But the person has certificates. And she said, on social media, he said, every other person spoke in tongues and got their certificates and left. They left me behind and said, it is my faith. Something like that. That is not enough. So we stayed and stayed and stayed there. By the time I got tired and discovered that I won't leave you unless I say something, I just decided to say anything. And they were all shouting and happy. Anyways, I have my certificate. Now, what such a such you you know such an experience is sponsored by demons to sow doubt in the hearts of many. Someone is reading that and say, "Hey, this is how they kept me to after service. So am, I, am I sure these tongues are real? Am I am I am I sure it is real, or did I just create these words to sound like someone else? Did I just do it so they can graduate me, or so they can say, "Oh, you two are on fire." You know, when you listen to a lot of songs, and I'm happy. 
let me not let me, let me, let me not put any adjective, but it's it's becoming common in Christendom that you're playing music and you're hearing tongues in between. So you are just this new artist that has a call of God on your life. You are listening to your own song. There's no tongue in between, and you're feeling less spiritual. Not so. Not so. Not so. I said, glory to God. Are you still with me this evening? So we can see souls on experience. Every time, please put, put us on Acts 19. Acts 19. Let's see this further. Let, this, is the, this is the heritage that Paul was giving. His heritage was Ananias came. He didn't ask me too many questions. He said, Jesus sent me to you. Jesus sent me to you. You've had an encounter. You believe his gospel. You know the scriptures. All you needed was a reorientation by the spirit to see that he is the Messiah that was long prophesied about. He says, you can't be persecuting me and think you are pleasing God. He had all of that. He said, he said, Jesus sent me to you to restore your sight, yes, but also to get you filled with the Holy Ghost. So Paul carried the same, the same ideology to ministry. That if you are getting born again, we're getting you filled with the Holy Ghost. We're getting you speaking in tongues and then we continue to disciple you. And it came to pass, Acts 19 verse 1, that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and certain disciples he met there. He said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost? What a question. It means you call yourself disciple, meaning you're a follower of Christ. So the next thing we check is not where is your church. It's not how much is your tithe. The next thing we check, you are born again, yes. You've received the Holy Ghost, yes. You have the evidence of speaking in tongues, yes. You are being discipled, yes. You are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Not, are you born again, yes. Next question, are you, what church you go, that church, that church is not as nice as this church. Leave that church. Come to my church. If you come to my church, we will make you HOD on day two. Your own church, you've been on number 72. For five years. Paul, Paul was not involved in all that nonsense. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said unto him, we have not so much heard. Ah, our church, we don't do that spooky Pentecostal stuff. You've not heard. <laughs> you call yourself disciple? Call yourself a believer? You've not received the Holy Ghost? Verse 3. And he said unto them, so, so what exactly happened? <laughs> <laughs> please i'm sorry so unto what were you baptized they said unto john's baptism which you know is the gospel of repentance okay is that not bad then paul said verse 4 john verily truly baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come so you can see how late they were that is on christ jesus it says now when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus so they left the baptism of john stepped up upgraded to the baptism of jesus which we can call being born again they entered into salvation all right baptized into the name of the lord jesus now the next critical step and when paul had laid his hands upon them he says the holy ghost came on them and they speak with tongues can you see that again you can't make this thing up if he is in you he will speak through you The Holy Ghost came on them. Speak with tongues. They prophesied. Speak on them. In fact, in the next verses, it tells us how many people. And he insists again that it was all of them. 
showing you that this is not the dimension of the gift of divers, of various kinds of tongues. The Greek renders it differently, such that the readers in the original Greek knew that Paul was referring to something else. We know what we received. We know what, we, we know what happened to us when we got born again. We know what happened to us when we started speaking in strange tongues. So when he tells us about a gift for some that is divers and kinds, we know what he's speaking about. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. So if you're under the sound of my voice and you've cheated yourself out of this because you don't want to look stupid or because you've, not, you've never heard it taught like this, you've never heard it discussed like this, you don't need a conference, you don't need a sermon, all you need is to ask in faith. You can see here, in fact, this is where laying of hands was involved. In Acts chapter 2, there was no laying of hands. In Acts chapter 9, there was no laying of hands. In Acts chapter 10, there was, as the word came forth here, there was laying of hands. That's fine. In my experience, there are times when I've had to lay hands on, of course, there's COVID now. But as you are watching virtually, your, your, your spirit can be so stirred up. It's like the spirit of God is saying, finally, truth has come. Now you can yield your tongue to me. Some of you have spoken in tongues before. You've, you've, you've stopped. You became too fresh. Became too fresh. It's an advantage. I love that song by Minister Dunsi. He says, this is one of my many advantages. When I speak with the language of the Spirit. Yeah, that's a free plug. That's a very anointed minister. Free plug. 100%. <laughs> glory to God. I said glory to God. All right, so let's bring it home now. Let's bring it home. So someone is saying, okay, now I now see that this is, this is, this is part of my inheritance as a believer. PD, I get you. I'm praying in the Spirit. At least you've not, you've not told me that. So uh, it's not what I'm saying, as it's what the Spirit of God is saying through His Word that is important. So we've seen, we've seen together what it means to pray in the Spirit and that the Spirit of God is only committed to the will of God. And we only see results when we pray in accordance with the Spirit because that is the surest way to seeing that this is the will of God here. So we, we've settled that. So what exactly is Paul talking about in 1 Corinthians from verse 12, chapter 12 to chapter 14? Of course, everybody knows 1 Corinthians 13 in between, what Paul calls a more excellent way. But you see from, verse, from chapter 12, chapter 14, he's talking about public worship. He's talking about spirituals. Because 1 Corinthians 12 says now concerning spirituals. The interpreters added gifts because it would seem, based on the following contents, that this was a conversation about spiritual gifts. But what Paul was saying is that I would not have you ignorant about spirituals, their gifts, their administrations, their offices, their graces, by the Spirit of God that function within the context of a body where there is, there is deployment of different graces that makes for wholeness and interdependency so that no one is the almighty authority. Christ remains the head. Christ remains the head. Let's see 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15, and we'll jump to verse 18. Let's begin to tie this up now. It says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. Remember, he's no longer saying praying in the Spirit because it is already expected that as a child of God, with the Spirit of God residing, you will not pray in your flesh. So you are already expected to be praying in the Spirit. However, when praying 
in the Spirit, we can either do this by praying with the language of the Spirit or praying with a language that we have understanding in. It says, I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. I will do both. And when you study 1 Corinthians 14, it tells you the advantages, the personal advantages, the corporate advantages. It says, as far as personal building, as far as personal development is concerned, you will need to speak in tongues a lot. For this is how the believer is edified. You build yourself up by praying not just in the Spirit, but by praying with the language of the Spirit because you are not, you are not at your own level. You are, the, you are the level of the real native tongue of the kingdom. Verse 18. Verse 18. Hmm. Verse 18. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. It says, I thank my God. I love this. I speak with tongues more than you all. This is a letter to the church in a city. More than you all. More than you all. What system do you have in place? What schedules do you have in place that I will blast? I, I know I have a lot of moments in my understanding. Most, for instance, 5 a.m. prayers is mostly, mostly in our understanding. Thank God for the shifts he brought our way. Now there are seven days of prayer and fasting, which thank God April is almost here. Seven days we are fasting. We wake up and we speak with the language of the Spirit. We speak in tongues. And we called it edifice because this is how we are built up, edified. It says, I do it more than all of you. More than all of you. You don't have to be a nuisance to anyone, but you can do this. You can deliberately begin to do this. Say, thank you, Jesus, for light. Now I've accepted why I should be doing a lot of this. Now, it doesn't, remember, it says you don't now retire praying in your understanding. There's going to be a place for that, but when you do, it must also be in the spirit, not vibes. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We, re we referred to this before. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28. Thank you very much. Now, this is some, some, there's someone still struggling and he saying, no, I saw it in my Bible that I don't have to speak in tongues. So I don't, I'm, there's nothing you can tell me. I don't have to. I'm not telling you you must. I'm telling you that the word of God expects that if you are filled with the Spirit, you should. You should. And please, if you don't, please, please ensure that it is not disobedience. Let it be that you are not filled. I hope someone understands what I just said now. And I'll just leave it at that. Hmm. First Corinthians 12, verse 28. And God had set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues now this is not other tongues this is not strange tongues this is not the tongues of acts chapter 2 this is a this is a this is a specific kind and it, it is beyond the scope of this teaching because this is question one of course question two is maybe just five minutes so don't be scared <laughs> don't question two is a straightforward answer i believe we've almost answered it in our previous teaching on maybe the weapons of our warfare and also double-edged sword last Wednesday. So please, let this one sink in. It says, are all apostles, all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, verse 30, 
have all gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues. This is the verse that wonderful brother referred to. He said, oh, I finally saw it. We don't all have to speak in tongues. Glory to God. So I don't have to. Hey. He's talking about diversities here. Diversities of tongues. It's a unique gifting. In fact, many, many years ago, I had my parents share testimonies with me of missionary groups that will gather together in rooms and pray in the spirit, with the language of the spirit, for hours and for days. Suddenly, they will burst forth from speaking strange tongues to speaking diverse tongues. And the diverse tongue you spoke meant where God was sending you to. We should try it. We should try it. Because someone will just burst into French. Say, hey, Quebec, Quebec. I'm not going too far. Someone will say, Paris, glory to God. Someone will say, I'm speaking Thai, PD. You're sending me to Bora Bora. You're joking. You will speak Arabic here. We'll ship you to... <laughs> ship you... <laughs> glory to God. But this was, this was, this was diverse. It was, it, was, it was unique. Another example that Paul gives as, as a working of this is as a way to convict sinners. Convict sinners. Because God does, God does not work with shame. So there might be someone in the auditorium who has recently fornicated. I'm, I'm just speaking that deliberately. All right. Who has recently fornicated, but nobody knows. You know, it's all vibes. I'm still your sister in Christ. You know, we're all grace. And God is not happy with that. And God wants you to know that my presence is here and I love you. Now, God doesn't speak to Pity and say, there is a sister here. God could do that. Remember, we will obey him. All right. But what in a manifestation of an expression of these diverse tongues is that sister might be Albanian. And everybody knows Speedy doesn't speak Albanian. And then by the leading of the spirit service, it's just going, maybe I'm just worshiping. And I just say it in Albanian. You were in the house of so-so-so yesterday. Now, no other person knows, but she got the message. It's happened in many meetings, believers' meetings. Say, your, your, does your pastor know my native language? You say, where is your pastor from? So why are you asking? He said, he said something now. It's about me. Does he know me? Did you tell him, did you, did you, tell him you were inviting me? Spirit of God invited you. He knew you were coming. He knew you were coming. Glory to God. Glory to God. Please, do not miss out on what Jesus called an advantage for you. It is very important for you as a believer to do a lot of your praying in the language of the Spirit. Remember what I said about the logistic challenge of Romans 8, 26? It means that if I left it to you, how, how do you manage your time in a week to know what to do per time? How do you know the people you are meant to intercede for? Some of you are so disciplined, you have your intercession planned out. Not so many of us are that disciplined. We try to, but even when we are doing that, I might not know the details of the areas that pertain to you. But when I begin to blast in the language of the Spirit, I know there is pinpoint precision on the real areas that are aligning with God's will. And we see results. We do it a lot. I told you one of the tools I use is on my smartwatch. It has a reminder to move. Because my, my, my prayer posture normally is standing and walking. So when I'm sitting and I've sat for more than 15 minutes, it will be, boom, let's move. For me, let's move me to let's pray. Nobody has to know. I am edifying myself. Such that when winds blow and you're standing, people are wondering, is it not the same wind that just blew? Yes, I've been built up. 
I've been built up. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. Ephesians chapter 6. So let's just tie this up. The New Testament proof of an infilling of the Spirit of God is the ability to speak with other tongues by the utterance of the Spirit. That's our eventual submission. Praying in the Spirit can be in your understanding or in the language of the Spirit. But as the ability is concerned, you receive it by the Spirit of God as New Testament proof that that infilling happened. It was the only tenable proof. And the, the apostles did not ask for any other proof. They didn't say, did you feel joy? Did you, did, when, did, was it cold in your heart? Did your hands shake? No. It's we heard them speak. We heard them speak. In Luke 18, they returned. Oh, demons were... It's not, did the demons go out? No, 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 no. We heard them speak. We heard them speak. We heard them speak. It gives you a privilege to communicate with God. It says, who he who speaks in an unknown tongue, he communicates mysteries. Mysteries. And I've told her, mystery doesn't mean that it is one. No, it means that we know what we are speaking. It's an encrypted message. And it allows you to edify. Edify. Ephesians chapter 6. One of our theme texts for the weapons of our warfare. This is further down after listing the believer's armor. It says even 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It says, based on this offensive weapon of the spirit, praying always with all prayer, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit by the grace of God in the month of April. We will tie up this prayer series by talking about the prayer of petition and supplication by God's grace. Wednesdays beginning in April. There is another part, type of prayer that I desired to talk about now. But I sense the spirit of God leading us to push it till another time. Which is the prayer of inquiry. The prayer of inquiry. Alright, but we will round up this series with the prayer of supplication. I trust, I don't know about you, I have been very blessed. Many times I've had to revisit this and listen all over again. I, I find things that are not in my notes. Please give me verse 18 again. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. It says, Praying always with all manners of prayers and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Can you imagine this? Let me tell you, this is why Paul can write to different cities. Listen to this. Can write to different cities, different churches, and he can write in confidence and tell them that I do not cease to always pray for you and to thank God for you. Having heard of your faith. And then he begins to, now you are reading this, Thessalonians. I'm always, always praying for you. Colossians, I'm always praying for you. Ephesians, I do not cease to pray for you. In fact, he interpreted, what he's saying there is that I have spent enough time doing this more than all of you in the spirit such that I know that the, the, the logistical excellence of the spirit ensured that you were covered in my prayer as far as you are one of the saints. I prayed for you. People who pray regularly in the language of the spirit are the ones who can confidently say, we are praying for you. If you are not doing that, show me where it is written that you are praying for me. Show me my name in your book. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know what Jesus taught us? 
When you take others to pray, you pray for yourself too. If Jesus went to chill on the mountain, Peter, James, John, my generals, they are praying. They are praying. But didn't they pray? <laughs> they ended up becoming generals. These generals, truly. Glory to God. I said glory to God. John 15, verse 7, Jude one twenty. These are scriptures we know. Just to tie this up together. Jude one twenty is what we stand upon. It says in John 15, verse 7, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatever you will, and it shall be done unto you. My words abide in you. Child of God, do not violate this advantage that scripture has made available for you. It is God's desire that all your prayers are in the spirit for then to they align with the will of God. And he's saying beyond your understanding that you will allow the spirit of God to yield expression through your vocal cords, giving you utterance, but you will speak. Giving you utterance, but you will speak. You open your words, you make... I remember the first day. I can picture it right now. It was a school field, primary school field. Because I was born into the home of pastors, but I had to be grown in understanding to know what was about to happen to me. It was on a field, on a field. And God just prayed for me. He said, open your mouth now. He said, open your mouth now. <laughs> he said, no, not open. Like He said, there's syllables. It might not sound like, he said, but just say, I started and I've not stopped. I've not stopped. Glory to God. Glory to God. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. In the Amplified, he says, we continue to rise and rise and rise and rise like an edifice. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we've settled that. We've settled that. And it is my prayer that the grace to be able to stay. You know, before my, my wife and I and our daughter, it was just our daughter, were sent forth from the um, the parish honorably where we served, RCCG parish here in the GTA. You know, one of the very final sessions I had was with the music group, the choirs, the, the praise team. And I, I, it was First Corinthians 12, I remember clearly. And I told them, I don't know when next or where else we will meet, but when we meet, I want you to tell me. Then it was not PD, it was Dr. Dyer, Dr. Dyer. Tell me that I pray in tongues more than you. I said, I, I, I want you to see me and charge me that way. I want to see that your stature has grown. I want to see. And then you challenge me. I mean, I say, ah, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure you've prayed in the spirit more than me? Glory to God. I said, glory to God. This is our kingdom. This is our kingdom. I understand in 1 Corinthians 14 that Paul now begins to talk about corporate worship and he says that if you are speaking in tongues, all right, and somebody comes who does not understand, who does not have an interpretation, of course it is unfruitful to them and they are not edified. Yes, what that, does, what that means is that we must have avenues where people can come in and feel at home. Yes, in addition to that, we have what we call believers' meetings where we are charging up in the Holy Ghost there. There's no, there's no mystery here. We have the gifts of interpretations in the room. And let me just announce this. Edifice in the month of May, the seventh day of our fast, we will be here by God's grace. We will know whatever number of people we are allowed to have in the room, we will have in the room. 12 midnight till 6 a.m. We will be here. Raising, raising, raising dangerous worship and speaking in tongues for hours. Some of you have already brought out your calendar. Say, yeah, salon. <laughs> Glory to God. What a joy. What a joy. Okay. I believe we, we spent quite some time answering that. It's an important message to the body of Christ. 
It is not a message to Pentecostals. It is scripture. I've not, we didn't read from the Holy Pentecostal book. Did we? We read from the Holy Bible. This is God's will. This is God's word. We didn't stay on one scripture. We read across scriptures and established that this is the counsel of God. And I pray for you that that grace of prayer, the grace of supplication, it will rest upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. Can a Christian be possessed? Now, that, the question in itself answers itself. By Christian, I believe you mean a believer. Because the word Christian is a slang that the world gave a group of people because they behaved so much like Christ. However, the way the, the apostles referred to themselves in the early church, they considered themselves as followers of the way. Or more appropriately in our times, as believers, I'm, there's nothing wrong with saying if you say I'm a Christian, all right, of course, we know you know what you're saying. But I'm saying it's a loose term for people who are not other religions. It's a, it's, I don't go to mosque. I don't go to the temple. My grandfather was Catholic. My middle name is James. Christian. All right. So when the world counts us, the 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 count is faulty because if you have 2.8 billion people filled with the spirit of God and on fire for the gospel our earth will not be like this so it's time for the real Christians the believers to stand out but by Christ there, owned by Christ possessed by what else <laughs> you don't understand a, a, a child of God cannot be possessed now I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to nail this for you now so that you get it 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I'll read verse 19 and 20. It says, what? That, that's how that scripture begins. What? With a question mark. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, that you have of God, and you are not your own. You are not your own. Verse 20, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore, this is the part many do not read. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. For if you do not glorify God in your body, you make a door open. That door is a door that permits demonic influence. And that demonic influence doesn't need to own you to bring about its desired results. What that practically means now, because we've heard many people say, I'm, I'm born again, I'm in Christ. I cannot, have a I cannot have a demon. I cannot be possessed. You're absolutely right. You are owned. There is no room for that in you. However, your mind can be under demonic influence by virtue of you not glorifying God with your gates. So entrance has been given and although your spirit is regenerated, your mind is contaminated because you have not glorified God in your body. I hope someone is getting this. Let me, let me just say this in practical streets. Practical streets. Whether you are possessed or you are in influence, if you are not doing what the spirit of God wants you to do, then you are serving the will of another kingdom. So, Possession means I have the key to your house. Influence means I may not have the key to your house. I might not know the lock codes. 
but I've got a presence inside. I have a drone. I have a router in there. So whether I'm there physically, whether my name is on the title deed, practically speaking, if I can organize what I need to organize, if I can ensure that bitterness still stays there, if I can ensure that there is still room for, for darkness and gloom and wickedness, all right, I don't need to own this space. Can be Airbnb. We don't need to own the house. We don't need to own the house. Because this, 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 these truths have to be complete. These truths have to be complete so that there is no room for the enemy in any of your spaces. There is no room for the parents. Parents, there is no room for the, for the enemy in any of your spaces. It says glorify God in your body. Ensure that there is no room, there is no door. Matthew 16, verse 16. Matthew 16, this is one we know very well. We're rounding up now. Matthew 16, 16. And Simon Peter, we know how this scripture begins. Jesus was asking, who do men say that I am? And the birds, nice answer is nice. And he says, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you. He says, but my father, which is in heaven, has revealed this unto you. Now, even though it's the same chapter, we know that these chapters were, were, were put in place for easy referencing. But shortly afterwards, if you go to verse 21, I believe it was after some days, it was not the same day. Because the Bible says that from this time henceforth, he began to tell them, Jesus, okay, Verse 21, it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee. <laughs> Is he safe to come to this side? He says he was rebuking Jesus. He said, you, you shall not die. You shall not die, but you shall live. Hey! Hey, the whole essence of our salvation, the, 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 the premise upon which our redemption is based, that he will go and make a full payment, satisfy the courts and requirements of eternal justice, and be raised in glory victoriously. He said, I've got to die, but I will be raised. He didn't see that part. He said, you shall not die. You shall not die. He said, hey, you devil, will you keep, <laughs> you keep quiet? But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Now we know it doesn't mean Peter was possessed. It means that that utterance, that utterance was not by the Spirit of God. This is, this is by that lying spirit there. He says, Get thee behind me. Thou art an offense unto me. For you do not savor the things that be of God, but those that be of men. You are thinking about the fact that you've left everything to follow me and your, your life has been designed around me, not knowing that this kingdom is for you. You are going to, you and your you and your, 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 your colleagues are going to lead a revolution that will shake generations by my spirit. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. And some of you need to sense this. Some of you need to know when someone who is anointed is out of line. When someone who is owned by the spirit of God is under influence because they have not glorified God in their bodies by their gates. Sometimes you enter into a church, you see, you see dangerous malice, the kind of malice you won't find in hell. 
You see, so, you see ridiculous schemings in God's house? Are they not born again? Are they not owned? If they are lying to themselves, hey, there is no demo. Hey, face the issue. Are we glorifying God with our bodies? Is this not our flesh and carnality here? This is breeding ground for demons. This fear here, this, this unbelief, this doubt, this, this coldness, this, this, I want to use this word that our parents of this lackadaisical attitude, this, this, this lack of fire here. It's going to cost you. Don't say you are owned. You are possessed by spirit, but you are not doing anything to grow in that. And you have left room. It's, it's, it's a bare, bare space. You know what Jesus says? If you can put Luke 11 on my screen. Luke 11 verse 24. He says here that after that demon being cast out, he goes to dry places. Verse 24. When the unclean spirit is gone out of that man, he walks through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he says, I will return to mine. That's the language of demons. They are seeking ownership as priority one. But if we can't find ownership, we'll manage influence. He says, when he comes, I love how King James puts it. He says, the place is swept clean. It's garnished. Garnished. Flavored. He says, woo -hoo -hoo -hoo. Start dancing there. Dance. Say, guys, come and see. Oh. Come and see. Then they invite seven others. More wicked. Because you did not glorify God. In your bodies. So, it is true. If you are born again, you are owned paid for but you cannot be possessed your mind can be under influence and a child of God can need deliverance yes PD said it the deliverance doesn't have to be anywhere geographic location there are tools for your victory sit down there with the word of God create an atmosphere that hosts his presence you insist on the truth concerning your life. The, see, and you have to be truthful to yourself and tell yourself these areas have not sub, they, they are not consistent with the will of Scripture. Whatever gap there is, Spirit of God, release it to me. You pray in the language of the Spirit, like Papa Egan will say, until you eat the goshas, boom, you will know how to break. Pardon my French. You, it has, it's, you, you stay there. But they are timing the Spirit of God. Hmm. My cell pastor will ask me on, on Tuesday. It's 14 minutes, so I tried. No, you do it there till there is a breaking forth. You, did, you do it there till you, 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 your body knows. Your body knows, your spirit knows, your mind is renewed. There's no space for demons. There's no exposures for them to implant. There's no land. Please listen to last week's Wednesday's teaching. There's no room to... They, they can't find space in you. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I leave you with Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 this evening. You can see my book is closed, so it means we are done. So Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, it says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. In the Amplified, it says, In this freedom Christ has made us free. This deliverance that we have received, this translation from the kingdom of darkness that we have, it says, Stand fast then. Do not be hampered, held, ensnared, influenced, and submit again. To a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Have you been blessed this evening? Thank God for the light of his word that has come our way. Come on wherever you are. Say thank you Jesus for your word. 
Thank you for this advantage that I have by the Spirit of God. Thank you for a propensity to be edified. Thank you for a privilege to communicate with God. Thank you for the grace to be built up. Thank you for access to mysteries. For these are the possibilities by your Spirit. Thank you for help that comes to help my limitations, my infirmities, the gaps in my experience. Thank you because by your Spirit and by your grace, I can function at the realm that you will have me function. Thank you because I can yield my own tongue and I can submit it for utterance to your spirit. Thank you for grace release to stay there. Thank you. And for anyone under the sound of my voice, you are saying now I am ready. You are saying now I am ready to be filled. The Bible tells us that while Peter yet spoke, while Peter yet spoke, the Holy Spirit came and when he comes, it won't, it won't split your mouth for you. You will open, it will give you utterance. And right there under the sound of my voice right now, I want you to trust God for an end feeling if you desire it he says you you do not you do not ask for you, you do not ask your earthly fathers for bread and then he gives you stone you do not ask for fish and then you receive snake how much more your heavenly father would those that you need these things that it wouldn't he give freely give you this gift of the spirit if you ask him this is your inheritance this is your inheritance brother saw jesus who you saw sent me to you yes for your eyes to be open but more importantly for you to receive the infilling of the spirit there's a journey ahead of you glory to god come on someone under the sound of my voice there's destiny ahead of you there's work for you to do in the kingdom do not attempt to do it by your strength you are going to need an infilling of his spirit you are going to need to say i pray in tongues more than you all can say pd thank you for stirring me up pd thank you for these teachings but now i am taking it to the other level i am dedicating time there i am dedicating this hours on the weekend i am dedicating this time in the middle of the night there i'm starting with 10 minutes but watch me grow i'm starting with 20 minutes but watch me grow pd i've been doing one hour but i feel I'm, I'm looking forward to edifice in may if jesus starts, i will be in the room i've never gone more than one hour on my own i've never gone more than two but there will be grace available corporately and together we will hit the gushers together we will lay hold on victory thank you father for these possibilities by your spirit we give you all the glory for in jesus name we have prayed in jesus name we have prayed i want to pray with you under the sound of my voice the first question we answered we are talking about a kingdom with a language but in this kingdom citizenship is available for you we don't need you to have been a permanent resident for x number of years there is citizenship available on day one you can receive it by faith you do not have to be under the oppression or ownership of demons. There is blood. There is payment that has been made for you. Full redemption there. If you're under the sound of my voice this evening, you might not remember any other thing we said this evening. But I want you to remember that you have a Savior who has paid fully for you. And He wants you to live an excellent, abundant life on this earth reproducing the kingdom of his father you being there the vessel through whom he will express and show forth his glory i'm inviting you this evening not to church not to religion not to denomination i'm not saying stop being catholic be pentecostal today no 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 i'm saying there is a life in christ i'm saying there is an experience in him there is there is, there is life overflowing there is there is there is there is more there's more in him and that invitation is for you this evening come on my son come on my daughter all those things will not satisfy come on here is where you find real life 
as you say Lord Jesus I believe you are the son of God confess you as Lord and Savior over my life let your spirit fill me let your spirit fill me let your will be done in my life let my life give you glory thank you gracious father because these ones receive this gift of salvation by faith in christ jesus as they believe in their hearts and confess with their mouths let their names be engraved in you because you are the book of life thank you because they are engraved planted in you they will not be uprooted thank you father for in jesus name we are prayed in jesus name come on if you can wherever you are jam those ends together give the lord a big shout Thank you for joining us today we hope you've been blessed by the sermon and if you would love to be a part of what god is doing in our midst feel free to join us on sundays at 10 a.m or wednesdays at 7 p.m to be a part of the giving you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at KICCCanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.